Hello again, everyone. Welcome to Red and White Authority. I'm Art Regner. This is episode 28, and it gives me great pleasure. This is an episode when hockey historians look back at this podcast and try to dissect why it was such a great podcast. This will be the episode they point to because joining us is James Russell Howard III, Red Wing goaltender. He's the first Red Wing player, current player, to be on this podcast, and it gives me great pleasure, and I'm honored to have Jimmy here. Jimmy, thanks for doing this. Oh, thanks for having me, Matt. Now, I know your voice is a little... Uh, yeah, a little under the weather, so we'll make do. Well, no, you sound you sound great. You yeah, sound I sound great. a lot better than I did yesterday. That's for sure. Yeah, when I I, I think about Jimmy Howard, and I remember, and I, I want to go back to growing up in in upstate New York, but I remember playing for the NCAA championship in a game that seemed to last forever. You lose one to nothing. When you look, and you would have been NCAA champion for the for the Maine Black Bears. Can you talk a little bit? expound about that because, and I'm not saying it because you're here, but that was one of the greatest per- goaltending performances, maybe by both goalies, but, I mean, you kept your team in that game. I mean, it, I, I mean, and, I re- and then when the Red Wings drafted you, I was like, wow, man, this, this is pretty cool. <laughs> no, that was, uh, that was a fun atmosphere, uh, you know, being back in Boston as well. So we're, you know, predominantly the home fan, a lot of home fans there and uh, the home team. So, uh uh, not so much, uh, you know, two nights before that when we were playing BC there in the, in the Frozen Four. But uh, when we got to the, uh, the Denver, you know, everyone was behind us, and uh, you know they got. We actually scored early on in that game, and it was called back. It was that old, uh, you know, toe in the crease. Even All though right. we had nothing, had nothing to do with the play. So we got on the board first, and that you know got called back. And I think they got one at the, the end of the first period on a power play or something like that, if I can remember correctly. But. Uh, uh, and then it seems like the game just, you know, dragged on forever until, you know, the final minute and a half of the, of the game. And then next thing you know, we're up six on three power play and, uh, you know, hit two posts in the crossbar. And Adam Burkle came up with uh, some huge saves for Denver and the rest is history. You know, I wanted to add, because we always hear about being in the zone, being in the zone. Is there such thing as being in the zone? Is there a point where it just, you're not thinking, you're just playing does that happen virtually every time you're in net, or are there specific occasions that you can actually recall in your mind where you were in the zone? No, there's definitely times where you just know you're in the zone and you can feel it, and it might run for a game. It might run the course of an entire season. You just you just never know. And uh, um, you know, some nights are easier than others compared to you know going out there and finding it. But uh, uh, when you're in that zone, there's just there's just no coming out of it. You can just it doesn't matter what you're doing. The puck's hitting you. Um, doesn't matter, you know, if you even make, you know, play it the right way, the way you're supposed to or taught, you know, the puck's still going to hit you. And it's, you know, it's one of those things when you find it, you want to hold on to it as long as possible. Yeah. It, is it something tangible <coughs> or is it, is it like, you know, body, mind, everything just comes together? Can you explain it's it? It's like the stars aligning, basically. Right. It's basically what it is. It's, uh, it's one of those feelings where you, you know you just can't be beat. And that's flat out what it is. You, you know tonight's night it's going to take them, you know, something special to get you, you know, puck past you. When you're in the zone, that must really add tremendously to the confidence level of the entire team, though, right? Because it, 
I, yeah, I it think, begins with you. So. I think, it, you know, when you can tell your goalie's in the zone, um, you know, take Montreal, for example, when Price, when he's in the zone, you, you know, you can just see how it radiates out through, you know, the entire team. But if you look, you know, over the course of the season, whenever a team goes off on, on a streak, you look at the guy in net, he's probably playing with a lot of confidence, and uh, uh, you see that throughout the league. Right. Uh, I know we're going to jump to the current team in your career, but I, I do, you know, I always, you know, jokingly, I think Ozzy's told me, well, you know, Howie's Canadian. I mean, he grew up pretty much in Canada. I can literally, literally open up my front door, walk down to the sidewalk, look to my right, and see Canada. Really? Yeah. But I'm, but I'm American. No, I don't. Well, New yeah, Yorker. I, I know you're a New Yorker. And but, but really, being that close to Canada, the competition you have faced from a very early age was really high caliber. Uh, contrary to belief. Played B hockey growing up. That was the highest level we had. Really? In upstate New York. In order to play, you know, double A, triple A hockey, uh, I would have had to travel through two snow belts to get down to Syracuse and play. So, you know, <laughs> that, that that was uh, that was just wasn't feasible for for myself or my family because, you know, school was a priority as well with uh, both my. Uh, parents being teachers, so, um, you know, you could get down there and then be stuck for three or four days. So, uh, you know, I played B hockey until the, the age of uh, 14. And then you... Then I played junior B over in, uh, in Canada. Really? Yeah. Americans that, could play then, right? Is that... uh, no, there was, a, there was a lot of going back and forth on whether or not USA Hockey was even going to release me to go over and play over there. So there was, a, there was a lot of going back and forth there with uh, trying to get the release from USA Hockey so I could play at a higher level of competition. When did it click in for you that I have an opportunity, I have a real chance here in hockey? Uh, when it came down to either going to the OHL route with the Peterborough Peets or going and playing for the uh, U.S. team in uh, Ann Arbor. Right. Now, you did. You, you played for uh, the U.S. development team and uh, in Ann Arbor, started by... Uh, Started by Jeff Jackson, mm -hmm. and he was the uh, one who uh, uh, started that program. Uh, it virtually, when you, we look at the U.S. Olympic teams, maybe not so much this year, or, or, or world teams that you played on, the goal when they started that program was to virtually have all the Olympic teams be graduates of that program. Yeah. So when you all come together, you were all raised in the same system. Mm -hmm. Uh, you excelled in that system in Ann Arbor. Was it difficult for you at a relatively early age to leave and come to Ann Arbor, Michigan, where I guess you graduated from high school in Ann Arbor? I did, but I didn't at the same time. Uh, <laughs> I was only there my senior year in high school, so technically I was allowed to go back at the end of the year and uh, uh, graduate back home with, uh, with all my friends. Oh, Arbor. really? So what, what high school did you go to in Ann Arbor? I went to Pioneer. You went to Pioneer. I went to Pioneer for the whole year. But the old uh, purple and white, yeah. 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 And then uh, I, at the end of the year, when we finished up school, I went back and uh, finished up in Augensburg. What was the experience like? That would be like the first time I would imagine. Yeah, that, that was the first time country. I was really, you know, away from home, home. Like when I played juniors over in Canada, I still lived at home. My parents just threw me back and forth. So uh, uh, I think I lived with such a great family when I was in Ann Arbor. And to this day, uh, you know, we have such a close-knit relationship. Um, you know, my 
two sons called um, Nat and Chick, Nana and Papa. So it's like, you know, an extra set of grandparents for them. And, you know, Auntie Jess and Uncle Nick and Uncle Tony. So we're still, they're still very close to the family, and we think they are part of the family, and so are my kids. So uh, I think that transition, being in such a good home early on, uh, helped me adapt to, you know, being on my own, um, you know, at a relatively young age of being 16. So uh, uh, everything, I think, from the schooling standpoint and the hockey standpoint just went smoothly because I was in such a stable, you know, household. We played for the Maine Black Bears. There was a good team. Uh, you know, I always tease you about, you know, why weren't you a Michigan Wolverine? And I guess... Al I wanted to go there, but Red wanted Al. Yeah, yeah. Why did I, well, I know yeah. we've talked about that. Al Montoya. Do you, do, do, do you talk to Al about that? Or? No, no, we don't talk about that at all. But, uh, yeah, I wanted to be a Wolverine in the worst way. But, you know, old Red, he wanted, uh, he wanted Al. So that's all, that's all right. I think everything works out for a reason. And, you know, I got to go work with, you know, one of the best coaches, if not the best coach in, you know, NCAA hockey with Grant Stanbrook so, right. for three years. So it all worked out. Well, and and you've, you, I still think you've set records that, that for main goaltenders that haven't been broken. I mean, but yeah. there've been a pretty good group, a solid group there of goaltenders. I mean, but you you kind of set the standard. Well, just think like I think there's six or seven straight years where somebody from the University of Maine was playing in the NHL as a goalie at one point in time. There's uh, Mike Morrison, Matt Yates, myself, uh, Ben Bishop, Scott Darling. So it might you know it might have been six, but uh, you know there there was a there was a time period there where you know University of Maine was just pumping out goalies, and that's uh, you know a large part to do with Grant Stamra. Hypothetical: If you would have gone to Michigan, they probably would have won at least one, if not two, national championships. I'd probably right? go with two. <laughs> to go with two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, move on. You 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 have a illustrious collegiate career. Red Wings draft you. You then become the face of the Grand Rapids Griffins. Uh, was there a point you were there for four solid years? Were you frustrated? Did you know that you know Detroit at that point had a pretty good core of goaltenders ahead of you? And I, I remember tough, you as a young goalie coming tough, coming tough back line and of forth. The crack there. That was a tough lineup to crack there with Ozzie and Manny and Dom and Ozzy, and so it was. Uh, that was a tough one to crack, especially with those you know guys, like especially with two, what I believe two uh, Hall of Famers there in front of me. So. Uh, uh, you know, it was, you know, it was frustrating, but at the same point, uh, you know, having a good support system at home with my dad and using him to bounce a lot of stuff off of, uh, you know, really kept me at, at home and kept me, uh, kept me focused on, you know, just to keep pushing forward, no matter, you know, who you saw around the league getting called up and getting opportunities. Because when I look back on it now, it was, it was sort of foolish and, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but you know, to get all worked up when you see other guys and, you know, other organizations getting the call when, you know, that situation can be completely different from the organization you're in. So, uh, uh, you know, I just, you know, for me it was just about maturing as, as a young adult and, you know, when I got the chance here, uh, I understood what Kenny was doing because I was ready. Yeah, they, you know, I, I think last year I talked to you and I said you were one of the overripe Red Wings and you mm -hmm. started to laugh. And, and you talked about it. How difficult was it? Were you extremely frustrated because you knew you had the talent, you knew that you could play, you knew what the philosophy of this organization mm -hmm. was. So how difficult is it for a young man who's a world-class athlete, knows that he can play in this league, yet 
you're still, and nothing against, obviously, the Grand Rapids Griffins. It's a great place to play yeah. if you have to play in the mm-hmm. AHL. But, uh, how, you know, so I, I would imagine, as you said, your father was the one who, who pretty much kept you grounded during yeah. that period? Yeah, most definitely. I mean, he's the one that, you know, told me to keep my eye on the prize and just keep working. Just keep working forward and... Uh, um, you know, whatever happens, happens. So, uh, and that's exactly what I did. I just kept pushing forward. I mean, there's no sense in dwelling in anything or anything or saying, you know, what if or what could have happened if I was in another organization or where I could have been. So I just kept working and, you know, you know, everything just happened to work out. Did you have much contact with the Red Wings at that point or were you – Young and brash, and you know, not no, to go up to Ken Holland and say, "Hey, what the heck's going no, on here?" Never, or how did how never, did it kind of play out that way? Never, never did any did any of that. Uh, I didn't feel like that was that was never my demanded place. a trade or no, not no, not being that young. <laughs> no, <laughs> walking in here and you know seeing the guys around the dressing room, I never in my right mind would I ever thought about doing that at that age, and so. Uh, uh, you know, just yeah, there was there was talks, and you know, whenever I talked with uh, you know Kenny or Jim Neal at the time or Jimmy B, it was always positive talk. So that's what I think you know also kept me in the right you know you know right mind frame to continue to you know work hard and to continue to get better. I know that you have a good relationship, real tight <coughs> relationship with Ozzy, with Chris Osgood. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know there's been times when I have been out socially with Ozzy and the phone will ring and it says Howie. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it, it's real tight. Back then, did you know him that well? Could you bounce things off him, even though you were Grand Rapids goaltender? Your relationship with Ozzy seems to seem not only tight, but it goes back a ways, right? I know. You say that, like, I call him all the time, but usually it's the other way around. Well, you, you well know, now it is. I know that. You know how that is. It's, your phone, you know, rings four or five times a day, with, and it's Ozzy popping up, and you're like, what does he want now? But, uh, uh, no, Ozzy was always great for the first time in Batum, um, of, you know, just keeping everything in check in reality and, uh, you know, explaining things and, you know, just being a mentor. And it meant a lot to me. It still means a lot to me to this day of, uh, you know, how honest he was with me about everything and, uh, you know, how I could ask him, you know, a question about anything and he'd answer it for me. And, uh, you know, that meant, uh, meant a lot to me. Yeah, with that relationship, you know, finally uh, Dom retires. Uh, I, I know you, you know, I guess one of the great stories, I don't think your name is on the Stanley Cup. No. But you got a ring. You got a day with it. I didn't get it. a ring. I, I thought you did get a no ring. No ring, just a day with it. And that was more than enough. Really? Yeah. No, I, I, that know. was that was more than enough to consider we have just to, there being a black ace. You're gonna have to change your biography a little <laughs> bit because people think you have a ring. No, so, no ring. Uh, but that experience going through that, I yeah. guess, must have been pretty tremendous for you. Yeah, I mean, in '08 and watching those guys every single day, not just you know. Dom and Ozzy, but uh, watching everyone and how they prepared themselves was, uh, you know, instrumental to not only myself as a black ace, but I think uh, everyone else as well, you know, being around the team. And then, again, watching it in 09 was also, you know, very helpful. And, uh, you know, after that, I got the opportunity and just ran with it. When you uh, look back and you finally, the opportunity finally comes, you're you're in the net for the Detroit Red Wings, you're runner-up. Uh, for Rookie of the Year, uh, your first win, which will hopefully be 
next Thursday against Minnesota will be your 200th as a Red Wing in career runs, obviously. Uh, you're you're going to be second to Terry Sawchuk and then Chris Osgood. Uh, looking back, everything that you've endured, injuries and all that, being on the cusp of 200 victories, uh, I would imagine it's uh, it's pretty gratifying for you. It is, but I, I feel like at the same time I should have been there a long time ago. <laughs> you know, you know, just if I could have stayed healthy, you know, here and there, I would have eclipsed that, uh, you know, quite some time ago. But uh, that's when all the cards were dealt, I guess. So, um, you know, I'm looking forward to, you know, just getting out there and, and playing come October. When you when you got into the league. How long did it take you to get a, a comfort level? I know you had the confidence that you could play, but did you have to like go to every city at least once, or uh, you know, set in? I mean, you knew that you were an NHL guy, but uh, uh, when, uh, uh, no. when, when yeah, because you know, there always seems to be, you know, we look at different guys. Like Martin Furk's a perfect example. Last year at this time, the Red Wings waived him. Now he's on the verge of making this team. Uh, that it, it, it all kind of clicked for you. Uh, I think it just, all it took was a couple of games and then it just got the, it was like a snowball effect. I think it was after my third game where, uh, I think I was, you know, that match inside the match against, uh, Roberto Luongo and, you know, we ended up winning the game. I think it was either 2-1 or 3-2 and it was like, all right, I can play in this league because, you know, at the time I thought he was one of the best, you know, goaltenders in the league and I think he still is one of the best. So, uh. Uh, you know, getting a win against him, I think, just sort of was like, okay, I can play. You can play. You know, you've been in playoffs. You've been, in, you know, you've represented this country. Uh, the one thing that I've always found fascinating when I walk into a room is that there's only two goalies on the team, and you know, there some guys are tight like you and Ozzy, Eddie Belfour. I don't think he ever spoke to his his mm. compatriot. Uh, how about your relationship? Do you, you develop it? Because it's strange because you're the only two on the team. You're the only two that really know what each other's kind of going through. Yet you're sort of in competition with one another because you both want to play. Is that? Is it? Uh, it <coughs> do you have? Do you want a teammate friendly relationship with uh, with your partner, or do you like it being kind of edgy? Does that even motivate? No, you don't want it to be edgy, not at all, um, because that affects the whole dynamic of the room. Mm -hmm. So you want to you want to be teammates. You want to you want to you know wish well for each other out there on the ice because then you know the team's doing well. But you also want to have that competitiveness within yourself, you know, to push each other. I think that's the you know the most healthy way you can, you know of going about having you know a relationship with with two goalies is you got to be you got to be willing to push each other. But at the same time, when you're sitting there, you got to cheer each other on because. Uh, Last time I checked, this is a team sport. It's not about two right. guys, so it's uh, uh, it's about everyone in the dressing room. Do you and Peter, do you bounce things off each other? If he's going through a tough stretch or you're going, or if you see something in his game, are you comfortable enough? I to mean, we, we chit-chat a little bit, but that that mainly is about uh, that sales department. So, you know, we let him do video and everything like that and, uh, you know, let him, uh, uh, you, know, you know, do his job basically and show us. Jimmy, so the relationship that you have with, with, with your goaltenders, I mean, as you said, and I, th I think this is a really key point and a very astute observation on your part, whether you guys like each other or not, you have to get along for the sake of the room. Absolutely. Um, you know, 
as far as it doesn't matter what organization you're in or what dressing room you're in or who your partner is or um, you know your teammates they're pretty smart individuals if they can sense that you're not getting along or there's there's riff in the goaltending department that they can pick up on that so it's important for us to you know it doesn't matter if you're going through a bad stretch or whatever you gotta you gotta you know check that all at the door and you know be you know courteous to each other and just uh you know push each other to be better ozzy is still around as we know uh how much contact do you have with him does he uh i, I know he probably wants to school you all the time <laughs> but uh no. is it good to have a guy like that who who is accomplished who someday is going to be in the hockey hall of fame yeah. uh you know just a phone call away Oh, it's great, but usually when now that now when we talk, it's more about golf. <laughs> really? You know, you know, bringing our kids all over the place. It's not really about hockey really anymore. So it's a, uh, uh, you know, I think our our relationship has definitely grown in that aspect where it's when we when we do talk, it's not always about hockey. It's about you know about our kids, Is about our wives, <laughs> about golf. <laughs> so, uh, well, we'll leave the wives' comment. I, I'm sure it's all positive stuff. Oh, all positive. <laughs> right, right. Marriage is a great institution, yeah. as a, as my father once told me, uh, as he was packing his bags. No, I'm just, no, I'm just joking. Uh, going back then, you you look at the situation that that you find yourself in, being being a goalie. I, you know, I don't know the like the three toughest jobs in all of professional sports is throwing a baseball hitting a baseball, an NHL goaltender. The one thing that, and I know I'm jumping around a little bit here, but the one thing I just don't understand is, is that these guys are constantly, skaters, are getting these newfangled sticks that have torque on them that they're, they're firing little mini missiles at you, yet all people want to do is make your equipment smaller. <laughs> smaller, and I mean, I mean, it doesn't seem fair to me I mean, if, if they're going to limit your equipment, and maybe they do, I just don't know it, but it just seems that it's like a free-for-all for what, 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 what sticks can be. You know, I, 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 before long, I think the, is, the blade's going to be motorized or something. <laughs> I, think everything, I think when it comes to that aspect, especially with the goalie stuff, everyone just looks at the goalies, but I think people, you know, have forgotten that goalies have gotten bigger, you know, just like the players have, and they've become more athletic. And so everyone just wants to look at the... Uh, you know, straight at the equipment. When I don't think always it is, you know, about the about the goal equipment. I think there's, you know, now the way the coaches way coaches coach. Um, you know, and teams, you know, want to slow down when teams are attacking uh, attacking through the neutral zone. They want to slow them down there. You know, you, every team packs it in front of the you know in front of the net. Uh, you know, playing defensive zone coverage, and and now more so than ever. You know, guys block shots because they're you know they're more protected out there as well. So, I think it's it's a combination of everything, not just goalie equipment, goalie stuff being too big because they have cut us down. Right. And goalies oh, yeah. and goalies have gotten better. I think goalies, you know, just you know over the course of the years they've gotten bigger. They've gotten more you know more and more athletic. Um, you know, as they've gotten bigger, and I think just the the way systems are taught nowadays. With but have you ever, like, we have the goalies meeting, you know, at the end of the year where all you guys, you know, pick an island and all go to just to hang out and uh, calm well, your let's, nerves? Let's be honest. <laughs> if it, whenever it comes to a vote with the NHLPA, whether or not, uh, you know, goalie equipment could be shrunk, we're going to lose. Well, There's only 60-something of us compared to 
six hundred whatever you know players Sk that skaters, are skaters right. that are going to vote yes for it. So there's really there's no part in you know arguing with them. It's just I just hope that uh, you know they can make the stuff, not just you know cut it down. At least have a demo period where you can say whether or not this stuff is actually protecting us or not. Well, so, so, and that's my point. I mean, you hit on it. You know, you don't seem to have much recourse at all, right? Yeah. I mean, you guys are are, are uh, victims to the system or mm -hmm. something. I, you know, I don't even know if that's the proper term, but because you know, uh, when I was a little kid, I played I played goal. I you know I loved it. Don't I get mean, me wrong. If I was a skater and they had a chance for you to get more chance to put up assists and points and goals. Of course I'm going to want that. Of course I'm going to say yes. So I, I know exactly where they're coming from. Right, but 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 you don't. But you're the last line of defense, and you have no defense at all. I mean, let's look at this like running into the goalie. I mean, you guys are constantly being run into, and sometimes they call it, sometimes they don't. I, I, and, and there's rules in there to protect mm -hmm. the goalie. Do you, you know, let me just be straight out, do you feel protected out there at times? Yeah, I do, but uh, I think this game is played at such a high pace now. It's, uh, it's tough for these referees, I think, to you know, distinguish sometimes when a guy's going in that, whether or not it was a defenseman that bumped him in or if it was a guy just coming straight in. So, uh, you know, I think with how fast, you know, this game has gotten, it puts referees in a bad position out there, especially, I think, when it comes to us, when, you know, a guy's just trying to make a hard play at the net. When, you, you seem to talk to the refs a lot or linesmen or they'll come up to you. Uh, you know, I've asked everybody that's even former players, you know, I asked Drapes like last time, you know, you're looking at the face-off circle, you're talking, what are you guys really saying? What kind of communication are you having? Are you saying, hey man, they're, you know, look, I mean, you know, they keep falling into me or they keep crashing the net, call it or, you know, what's, what are those conversations like? Uh, well, you can see some guys, they... When they have conversations with the linesmen and the uh, the officials, it's not really always cordial. No. So I, I try to keep it, you know, respectful as you know as much as possible. But still, you know, the wires will touch every now and then. You know, they'll zing. But uh, <laughs> for the most part, 95% of the time, I try to keep it very respectful with them and just you know ask them if it was uh, you know defenseman pushing them in or if uh, you know if uh, maybe they had the ice before me. Um, so. Uh, uh, you know, I just try to keep it uh, really respectful and just, you know, ask them politely and, you know, because really on, at the end of the day, you want them on your side. Right, right. Yeah. Do you do you know them all by first name or do you try to? No, I try to. Not all of them yet. There's a couple of new guys that I've had here lately that uh, I haven't really known their name. Do you find that if you know their first name, they oh, they, they warm lot, up? Yeah. To <laughs> they definitely warm up to you a lot, but a lot more. So it's uh, it's nice. You know, all it takes is just. You know, going over those uh, media packets you get before the game to see who's calling the game. And, you know, but uh, you know, playing here now for nine years and getting the call-ups here and there, you, you know, you see a lot of familiar faces, so it's easier. You said you've been here you're a long time now. You're a, the grizzled veteran in the, in yeah. the room. I Team USA last year at the World Championships. You know, you were by far the best team against what Finland that uh, you, you fellas eventually lost to. Uh, that experience, being a leader, being a veteran, uh, even though you're a goalie and you know you're supposed to be, you know, a little off center and all that, uh, uh, but you're one of the leaders of the Red Wings as well. Um, is that something that you grow into, or were you always comfortable being a leader because being a goalie, even when you were a little kid, even when you're playing the the, the, the B leagues, and then you went over to Canada and Maine, mm -hmm. do, do you find yourself compelled if something needs to be said? 
Jimmy Howard is more than willing, and you back it up. I know you back it up to say it. I, I to be honest with you, I really don't say much inside the dressing room. Like, uh, if something really needs to be said, you know, usually that's handled by Justin uh, Z or Croner. Um, mm -hmm. I don't feel, in, in that aspect, I don't feel like it's my place to stand up and, and say anything. You know, first off, I don't know what it's like to go out there and take a body check or have to right. give one or anything like that, you know. I'm pretty protected out there. So, right. uh, you know, I don't want to, you know, overstep my boundary with some of these guys. And so, uh, you know, for me, it's just going out there and just working hard, keeping my mouth shut, and, you know, trying to do what's right. Haven't there been times where, you know, you face like 35 shots in a period and a half where you're saying, come on, fellas, you know, you never, not that you get down on him, but, you know, it's like, you've never, I, I guess, I, I, you know, I'm not trying to make you say something no, you don't want to say, but you know what I mean? I mean, there, there just has to be times where, do you, you know, you say, fellas, maybe a little more support. I mean, I love you like brothers, but. But guys, WTF? <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> what is happening here tonight? But I mean, over the course of the year, we're gonna have we're gonna have those nights, and uh, you know, and as this league becomes more and more equal with the with the parity throughout it, it's every single night. It's just, you know, it's just an absolute. You know, Barmer out there for the most part. You never really see teams running away with it anymore. So no, that's true. You know, they're so hard fought games that, you know, every once in a while you're going to have those nights and, you know, a period here and there where it's just, you know, it gets 17 years old. Well, you, you look at it, you said the league, it seems to be coming younger. I mean, okay, maybe Austin <coughs> Matthews, Jack Eichel, Dylan Larkin, uh, obviously Connor McDavid. Uh, these guys are very young and they're. Complete players at a very early age. Yeah. Uh, bless you there, Sorry. Jimmy. No, that's all right. I know you're a little under all the right. weather, so we're going to keep you another hour. Uh, <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Uh, but uh, is that the, tr the transition you've seen from when you began nine years ago to where it is today? That this, it, it's getting a lot, the talent is younger and it's a lot faster league than it used well, to be. Well, yeah, the league's a hell of a lot faster than it used to be. Uh, but. Uh, just the way these young guys are now stepping in and they're having immediate impact right. is what's, you know, really amazing to watch out here. You know, these guys, you know, being 18, 19, 20 years old, and they can take over a game. And it's amazing to watch, um, you know, how talented these kids are coming into the league and how, you know, well-spoken they are and how, you know, for the most part, you know, talking to most of the guys, they, they, they're humble, you know, they, they don't seem to be getting too, too, you know, ahead of themselves, you know, and hanging out with a bunch of them uh, over in Germany uh, was, you know, was great and to see, like, how USA Hockey is in such great hands with these, uh, with these young kids coming up because uh, they're players and they can they play. Yeah, they can. <laughs> and they work, too. That's, that's the fun thing is watching them, they work. You know, it, it, I guess it's good for the league to have these young players. Mm -hmm. There's a couple of young players, obviously, on the Red Wings that have made uh, a bit of an impression. Some of them, Chalowski, the number one draft mm -hmm. pick, is now playing for, for Prince George, was sent down. Michael Rasmussen, who is, uh, for being an 18-year-old, is probably the most mature and serious person on earth. Uh, but he, uh, uh, when you, you look at him, have, have there been things during this camp and some of the younger guys 
that have impressed you, people that, that, that have stood out. And let's be honest, some of the Red Wing goaltending, I, I don't know if you've, you've Petrozelli wasn't here uh, because of the, of the way the rules are in college. He's yeah. at Quinnipiac. Yeah. But, uh, uh, you know, what, what, what's standing out right now is you, you know, look out there and, you know, the, the, the names of yesteryear are gone and, you know, there's, there's a bunch of new guys. Yeah, that Rasmussen kid, wow, he's, he's talented. He's gifted. Uh, you know he's uh, he's sharp. He's got he's got the uh, he has all the, he basically he has all the intangibles out there. He seems like he's not getting over you know that wow factor of just being out there. Mm -hmm. It seems like he he thinks he belongs out there. And I think as an 18 year old, that, that's a that's a great edge to have, especially in today's day, you know league. I I remember when I first walked into the. Uh, the dressing room, my first camp, and the wow factor was just looking around and seeing you know, everyone that was here. <laughs> right, right, you right. You know, like Shani and Stevie and Nick and Chelly and Ozzy and Drapes and Walton. And that was the wow factor. Right, right. And wow, look at these guys. I'm going out on the ice. I have to go out on the ice with these guys. <laughs> so, <laughs> that was the wow factor. So, but, the, you know, to see them out there now and... You know, and how much belief that you know these young guys have in themselves is—it's uh, really impressive. So you don't find yourself, because being a veteran, even though you know, whether you're a goalie or not, you know, like saying something to them or offering words of encouragement. Because as you said, you're you're kind of quiet. You don't say too much. You know, you're you know, uh, but because uh, because Rasmus, I I, you know, I keep bringing this up every podcast, and I apologize yeah. to the audience, but he does that hand-eye coordination or the tip drill that mm -hmm. I call it. I don't know what the proper term is. And he stands out there, and people fire pucks at him, and he tips them. And I told Drapes this last 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 podcast. I said it, it seems like he faces it's a hundred shots come his way, ninety eight of them go into the net. I mean that's that's pretty it's impressive. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but you know he looks like a guy that might be short tracked into the NHL. I mean if he continues at, at Tri Cities, um, when you see young players like that. And you, you know, because obviously, if he makes the team and he can help, it helps you certainly. Mm -hmm. Helps the Red Wings. Uh, do you find yourself going up to some guys and just saying, "Hey, keep up the good work," you know? I mean, because because some, I would say this, Jimmy, whether you believe me or not, if you give offer words of encouragement, it actually means something to them. Whereas a doofus like me comes up and says, "Hey, I saw you in the trip, Joe. That was pretty cool." <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, do do, no, do you do I, that? I try to keep it up upbeat as possible, you know, saying, you know, just basically saying hello and how are you can some days, you know, be, right. be a great thing for, uh, not only for myself, but yeah, for the younger kids too. Right, right. So it's, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I try to just keep it upbeat as possible and, uh, you know, just live in the moment, you know, treat them all, treat everyone the same. Right. It's basically all I try to do. So, so it doesn't we, matter if, you know, it's Z or if it's youngest guy out here. I try to I try to keep it uh, you know all the same with everyone. Well when you walk into the room, it's it's the Red Wings room. So if you're in that room you're a Red Wing, I guess mm -hmm. is the best way to approach it. Yeah. Yeah that's yeah. that that's that's makes a lot mm -hmm. of makes a lot of sense. Uh, looking back now at this uh, at the whole span, you're on the verge of winning your two hundredth game. Uh, you know, like I said, hopefully it's next Thursday against the Minnesota Wild. Uh, you're opening up a new building. Uh, it's kind of cool your first victory in this building. Uh, hopefully, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to keep, Let's I don't want to jinx, jinx it. Yeah, I don't want to jinx you, uh, uh, is in the brand new building, which I think is appropriate. You had a great comment after you played your first game in this building 
that you were kind of awestruck, especially by the big screen, where you found yourself in Chris Osgood-like fashion, and Ozzy will know what I mean by that, watching the screen and forgetting maybe at times that you were playing a game. I mean, is well, it? Well, yeah, because the screen is so freaking crystal clear. It was amazing <laughs> to see. I mean, nothing against the Joe. I love playing at the Joe, but when you looked up at that scoreboard, like at the Joe from the crease, you couldn't see anything. So it was like, there was no point to ever look up there. Right. So now, like, you know, actually seeing that thing, you know, on display and, and you know, watching, you know, the game up there a little bit, I was kind of like, just like, wow, I couldn't believe, like, how something so big can be so crystal clear. Yeah, it did, it, the whole environment, your, yeah. your room, you went from, like, 500 square feet at the Joe, okay, I'm exaggerating, to like 22,000 yeah. here. Uh, do you like that? I mean, because I heard that the Red Wings themselves said the, the, the change room or the room where you actually put on your uniforms, you wanted that at least somewhat right. similar yeah. to Joe, because you're, you're a team, you know, yeah. you, the bond, you're about to take the ice, and you know, you, you want to be able to see across the room and look into the eyes of your uh -huh. teammate, as opposed to some of these rooms are, you know, you, you yeah, might as well have massive. a megaphone, yeah. yeah. Uh, or you might as well just have your phone next to you and text the guy. <laughs> right, that's, the exa that's exactly no, right. I know. So, no, I think we they did an excellent job of keeping the dressing room itself, you know, tight enough and big enough for, for all of us. But because, uh, you know, definitely, you know, when you need to call up guys, you need the, you know, a couple extra solids here and there so they can, you know, fit in nice. But, uh, I mean, it's amazing how big the, the whole facility is. Like... I know. I remember the other day. I forgot something. I needed. I had to tape a stick, and I forgot something all the way in the training room, and I was all pissed off because I had to walk all the way back to the training room and grab what I, what I forgot down there. <laughs> it's like, man, I just took a minute off my day <laughs> going right. down there and back. But uh, uh, it truly is amazing on what they they had, they didn't leave anything out for us, and uh, you know, as as athletes and you know, guys that are playing at the, the highest level, you know, you can play at, it's imperative that we have this stuff, you know, because, uh, you know, it is a course of a long season and those, uh, those hydro, you know, hydrotherapy uh, pools and, you know, the, the ice, the ice cryo chambers and everything like that, they'll, they'll come in, you know, big play as the season, uh, you know, starts around. Now, now, if I were a Red Wing, and I've dreamt my whole life of being a Red Wing, but let's say I were a Red Wing. Uh, the one thing that would be my favorite room would be the kitchen. Mm. And, uh, and I'm wondering mm -hmm. if, is it unlimited food or do you have to, or is Lisa there like screaming at you, no, Jimmy, you can't have that. I don't that. know. We'll figure that out, I guess, as we go. Because <laughs> right now we still got, you know, we got two teams here. So I think it's, uh, uh, you know, a lot for them to handle. But, uh, you know, the food has been absolutely phenomenal so far. So hopefully it just stays this way. So, so, so you can go up for seconds then? Oh, yeah. So <laughs> we're we're kind of wondering if we're going to gain weight or if we're actually going to lose weight because we're eating so healthy. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lisa's done a, done, done a red wine authority too, and she, yeah. she's really into it. I mean, she, you know. She's she, dialed in. She's helped, uh, you know, not only myself with, with a lot of things, you know, especially with hydration and how much, you know, I sweat. But, uh, um, you know, as far as, you know, foods go for all of us, I think she's had a, you know, hand in with helping all of us. You know, I didn't want to bring this up, but since you just did, I will. Um, your sweating is legendary. Oh, it's crazy. That people say that 
it, if whatever the next term is for drenched, meaning more than drenched, yeah, Jimmy it's, Howard should be the picture it. in the dictionary. I mean, I but but that's healthy, ask, isn't it? Ask poor Jr. who's got to deal with my stuff, especially <laughs> on the road. <laughs> poor guy. But uh, oh man, I I don't know. I've always been like that. Like even as a kid, like when I played sports, I sweated, and so like. I don't know, hopefully I didn't pass that gene on too bad to my two boys, but well, <laughs> it, it is what it is. I don't know what to do. Now, do you sweat out a lot of sodium, too? Is your, like your uniform white, no, you know, or is no, it just, it's just, just... it's just fluids. Just wow. fluids. It's not, I don't sweat out a lot of sodium, it's just... So from the sweat. moment you put your equipment on, let's say, and you go out for the pregame skate, and you're just out there, you know, just because you, you're not really doing a whole heck of a lot. You know, you might take a couple shots or something. Are you sweating at that moment, or do you, or no, does it like no. once the game starts, like after like the first five minutes, if you had to make a few saves and stuff, oh, you're I drenched. Think, I think it depends on more so where we are. Really? Like oh, so the building? In, yeah, like if we're down in Florida, Tampa, or, you know, Fort Lauderdale, or if we're out in Phoenix, I don't know, it'll probably be the same way in Vegas this year. It just seems like those arenas are just warmer, and like it starts like uh, just basically in warm-ups. Starts sweating, and, you know. It takes me a lot of fluids uh, before a game, so I don't cramp up during it. Really? So I, well, in between periods, are you drinking a lot too, or? Uh, I don't drink really too too much during the period because I don't want to get an upset stomach. But like the night before, the day before, I should say the uh, the night before, and like. Uh, leading up to going to the rink for the game, I drink a lot of fluids. Really? So you, so you kind of bank it before yeah. the game? Yeah. And then after the game, are you... Uh... All I want to do is drink. I really? Yeah. I don't want to eat food. I don't want anything. I want ice cold water, you know, sparkling water, like... Oh, that's not, really yeah. do you you so but you have to take the super shake at the 10 minute mark like everybody else on the team right yeah yeah i have the shake you know when we get off the ice and everything like that so you know as long as i put that in my body for the most part lisa says i'm all right because all i want to do is just drink yeah but lisa will not reveal you. what's in that shake <laughs> i don't we don't even know what's in <laughs> really well because she doesn't want other teams to find out yeah. um all right what's i i, I want to ask you about this year's team and then we'll wrap it up because you've been more than gracious with your time but the thing that I, I talked to Z today in this brand new spanking dressing room, and I know this makes you happy, the old stools followed you. Your stool is signed by... <laughs> not another, not another. Oz, I think Ozzy signed it. Did Maltby sign Malt it? Malt signed it and Jim Bedard. And, J and Jimmy Bedard signed it. Well, and you know, and I guess you know some people took offense that I asked about the stools. I thought you guys wanted them, like you know, athletes are superstitious. Hey, you know, I'm going to bring some back in the. I, I want to, you know, this, my, you know, this stool's not only been good to my butt, it's been good to me as a Red yeah. Wing. So I want to <laughs> take it with me. Will will you keep the stool or will you take I've it home? I tried to take it home and they won't let me. It's got to go to archives. Really? Yeah. Archives where? I don't know. It's somewhere around the building in here. You've got. No, you've, I've already tried. I was going to take it home after the last game uh, last year, and they're like, "Nope, she's staying. She's staying put. It's got to go to the archives." I was like, oh, "All right." I was like, "What are you guys going to do with this? It's a sign, though." You really? Know, like, it's a going to archives. So, so, so when the new stools come in, and I guess they're on, you know, like Z said, they must be on back order to, you know, Timbuktu or something. Yeah. Uh, they're going to take those stools, 
put them in archives, the stool that is personalized to you, you're not going to be able to keep. No. I mean, even if I wanted to take it out of here, there's so many freaking cameras from our dressing room to the parking lot. I don't think I'd be able to get out of here with it. Really? Well, why don't you, why don't you wait till Christmas time, tell them you're going to, you know, go to a fundraiser and you're dressed as Santa. <laughs> In, in the pouch? Yeah, put it, put it there. Like, they go, wow, yeah, Jimmy Jimmy really gets into it. <laughs> I know. Well, you're not going to be... Yeah, a, I'm no. trying to help you out. I, I mean, I, I think you deserve the stool. I think I deserve the stool as well. Well, okay, well, we'll see. Let's. I've, I've worked probably several angles on it. But really? Yeah, he said no. Wow. Well, anyway, well, they're there now. And it's quite a sight to see a brand-new spanking room and stools that you know go back to like Gordy Howe you know? I think it's great though no I, no, I love yeah. it I love it don't get me yeah. wrong I think it's cool too I yeah. mean it's it's good to incorporate you know you know oh, no, and, and that's the thing too about what's great about hockey players and people have said because I've covered all the sports over the years and they say why do you besides Michigan football why do you love the Red Wings so much and, and I say uh, it's because you have a sense of history, a sense of tradition. It truly seems to me the most collegiate, because you know when you were a Maine Black Bear, you knew the history of the Maine oh, Black yeah. Bears. You know what I mean? And, and college kids pretty much know the yeah. history of their programs. Mm -hmm. Hockey players, and maybe it's because you play for an original six, but you guys are very well aware about the winged wheel, about wearing the red and white, and what it means. I mean, it, it, it's, it's actually kind of refreshing. Yeah, I mean, I love walking around down there and just and seeing all the history that uh, you know is everywhere. Right. You know, just looking at all the photos, and you know, I think one of the coolest things in our practice facility—not that because it's attached, you know, off of our weight room and that we don't have to travel over to Liggett anymore—right. All the banners, you know, the eleven banners that are hanging over there in the right-hand side. So I think that's just amazing how they, you know, incorporated it into the uh, practice room. You know, when you get drafted by the Red Wings, I mean, you know, you had a little bit of history here with the U.S. team. You're here for a couple of years playing for them, the under-17 and under-18, which is now moved to Plymouth. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was in Ann Arbor. Uh, do, do, are, are you excited to be a Red Wing? Do you look at it and you say, oh, my gosh, look at all these guys that they have? I mean, first of all, you're excited to be drafted in the National Hockey League. Yeah. That I know. That is, but yeah. specifically, original six team and it being Detroit. Uh, I was ecstatic. I couldn't, well, you know, like you said, originally, I was just thankful that I was drafted. Um, never, never in a million years would I have thought, though, that I was going to be the Detroit Red Wings. So I really didn't have a meeting with them, you know, leading right. up to the draft. It was a little 10-minute meeting in a hotel room with all the scouts and everything like that. I think it was the morning of the draft. So I didn't, I didn't even expect to hear them call my name. So when they did call my name, it was, a, it was a surprise. Did you have a feeling where you thought you may go? Like Thomas Holmstrom tells me, he thought he was going to be a Washington Capitol. He thought the Capitol. I thought I was going to be an LA King. Really? Yeah, because that was the uh, the group I talked to the most. Mm -hmm. And they, and, and, and without I guess you know trade secrets or something, yeah. but did they give you the indication? Look, we like you. If you're there, yeah, was, do they give you a, a specific round or just say, we're going to take you? No, it was never, never, they never blatantly came out and said they're going to take me. But there was enough conversations, uh, you know, going back and forth with my, you know, family advisor at the time and now agent and L.A. And, uh, you know, I talked to them several times, you know, prior to the draft. And, you know, that, that was the team that I talked to the most leading up to it. So, you know, as 
18 year old kid I just put two and two together that wow I'm probably going to be an LA King <laughs> wow that's do you ever not that you're not happy here but you ever think about God because it, it would have been a completely different environment to play mm -hmm. hockey in Southern California as opposed to Detroit Michigan no I wouldn't have traded for the world right. I love being here you know, you love having winter. I love having all the seasons. So, really? yeah, I, I do. I love. And so, uh, uh, you know, my wife, my my kids, they love being here. They love growing up. You know, the boys have loved growing up here. So, uh, you know, this is home and this will always be home. Do you think if you were drafted by the Kings, you would have taken up surfing or anything? Or? Oh, absolutely. Who wouldn't have being out there? I've never been on a surfboard, have you? I have. Really? What, yeah. what's a, is it kind of cool? Well, for me, it wasn't that great. For my wife, it was a lot better because it was only like three foot waves. We yeah. did it on our honeymoon in, in Hawaii, so she got to ride all the way in the shore. I would go about 15, 20 feet and the wave would fizzle out, and I'd have to paddle back out. So yeah. it was a lot Surf, more fun for her. Surfing looks like it'd be a lot of fun. It would yeah. be cool. Obviously, you have to know how to swim, or, you know, it's, it's a suicide mission, but. Uh, <laughs> But aside from that, yeah. all right, Jimmy, let's let's look at the, you know, you had a career year. You were on the verge. You were top, like, three, four in the league in virtually every goaltending category. Uh, you injure yourself, freak injury, teammates, you know, guys are falling all over you. Something totally out of your control. Uh, you come back. You split time with Peter towards the end uh, of the season. Then you are along with Dylan Larkin, one of the best players for Team USA in, in the World Championships where, you know, it's a weird tournament. You were by far the best team. Mm -hmm. I think you only lost one game. Maybe you lost oh, the first game. No, two. Lost, yeah. yeah two. The first we game to Germany. Game, yeah. The only game Germany hosted the tournament, the only yeah, game that they yeah. win is against the Americans. You know, it probably goes it back to... It was a bizarre game. Yeah, it was, it was really a bizarre I mean, game. We hit three posts, I think it was. We actually had a puck stop on the goal. I've never seen that before where a puck literally stops on the goal. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I watched every game, you know, yeah. especially Team USA with Blash and, you know, all the Red Wings that were on it. Um, you played fantastic. Uh, you were, you know, you said you felt good. You were the elder statesman on the team. That experience, even though I said you split time with Peter at the end of the year, was that where you knew, <coughs> you know, because you never, every athlete I talk about says, you know, I, I know that I'm going to come back from injury, but then there's always that doubt, am I going to be the same? Am I, you know, and here you were, career year, but you really did pick up where you left off. No, I mean, was I, it a shot of confidence for you? I really did because there's been, you know, times in the past where I've come back and it wasn't the same. And, you know, you feel like your dog chasing its tail, just right. trying to, you know, catch up with everything. So uh, coming back this time and, um, you know, and I think doing the conditioning stint in the American League, you know, really right. helped because it allowed me to kick the uh, kick the rust off, you know, the game and uh, um, and go down there and just uh, you know eat some minutes down there and right. just to be honest with you, it allowed me to feel better again. So <laughs> it uh, it helped me uh, it helped me just get back into that. Um, you know, mind frame of, you know, with the knees fine, and right. I can go out there and just play. Right. You know, and plus, the AHL is a terrific league. I yeah. Mean, and you're playing for, well, you're playing really for the eventual team. championship yeah. team, so I, I mean. Know, that, I feel like I should get a ring. I was down there for four games. <laughs> Eventually, yeah, even though places in your bio claim you already have a Stanley Cup ring, but. Uh, um, Let's uh, let, let's transition now. You're feeling good. You're feeling healthy. 
you're playing, you're, you know, you're, you're pretty much the number one goalie again, which, uh, you know, which, which you've earned, and I know you feel good about that, and I know fans are, are happy for you. Um, but you've had, it was a weird transition because Jim Bedard was your goaltending coach forever. I mean, I know Jimmy, you know, he's like a buddy. He really, truly is. Yeah. He's a great guy. Jeff Saleko comes in, and, you know, Jeff, you know, the job's available. He takes it. Is it a weird transition for you when you go from one voice for so long to a different voice? And, you know, and I know you still talk to Jim. I mean, he's still around yeah. and everything. And I know he's working with Dallas now. But but is, is that... Uh, uh, you know, was it difficult for you? Because I know, no, I know you were tight with him. I know Ozzy was tight with him. We, we still are tight. Jimmy B's still, you know, one of one of my great friends that I've had, and you know, I'm so thankful for what he did for my career um, here at the pro level. But having Sal is <coughs> come up was actually a blessing in disguise because even though I didn't work with him one on one mm -hmm. per se. Mm -hmm. You know, he was still around. Like Jimmy, you know, he worked under Jimmy. You know, he, mm -hmm. you know, Jimmy was his mentor. So it was, it was a very easy transition when they gave uh, Jeff, uh, you know, Jim's job there. When they decided to go in a different direction. So when we started working together, we just sort of we meshed really, really well, and we got on the same, you know, same page as far as, uh, you know, what we wanted to accomplish, where he wanted, he thought, you know, my game should go, and everything like that, and. Uh, you know, we got on the page, same page relatively quickly, and I think that's why, you know, so early in the season, you, you know, you saw that uh, what we were working on be able to, you know, allow me to transition to it out on the ice during the games. Now, you know, watching you and it, what everyone said about you last year is that he's not coming out of his crease quite as much. Mm -hmm. He's staying a little bit back. Is that something that you saw in your game and developed, and you asked the goalie coach, or does... Or does, you know, Bedard pick up the phone or, you know, Ozzy, when he calls you a hundred times a day in one of those calls, says, hey, look, man, you're coming too far out. I mean, how did that all, how, I know you're always trying to adapt and, and do the best and be as competitive as possible, yeah. but how did that, because that's a major change for you. It was, I think it all had to do with just how fast this game's, you know, getting. You can't, you got to play a percentage, percentages more now than, uh, uh, you know, just being out there and, you know, Line, you know, hoping that your defenseman, you know, can break up a play or something like that. So, uh, uh, you know, guys have gotten so good with the puck. You know, you know, guys in and around the net, you know, are so good with their hands and getting shots off. So, you know, playing playing back, you know, just you know, instead of heels on top of the crease, toes on the top of the crease, but still realizing when you can be a little bit more aggressive out there, you know, and uh, where you can get out above the crease. Um, you know, it's helped because it's not only you can, you got more time to read when you play with your, your toes on the top of the crease, you got more time to read the, you know, the, the shot coming off the player's stick. But also if there is a, you know, seam pass, you know, going across the ice, you can get there standing on your feet, which, uh, you know, allows you to get set a lot better rather than just sliding or, you know, if you do give up a rebound, playing a little bit deeper, it allows you to get into the shot lanes, you know, you know, for second and third opportunities because you don't have as far as move. So yep. it was more, it was more about just becoming, in the grand scheme of things, you know, in layman's terms, becoming more economical out there. Right. Well, you know, one thing that I've always wondered about rebound control, we always hear about that, and 
but if they're shooting pucks harder and faster, I mean, you've got a split second. Is there a way to control rebounds, or is it sometimes just the luck that it hits you and it doesn't go? Because, like I said, the faster that it hits your body, the quicker it's going to ricochet mm -hmm. off. I mean, is it is it more difficult now as the game's progressed and gotten much faster to control rebounds, I guess is what I'm asking. Well, I think, you know, as what I've learned over the last course of uh, – last three summers, especially going to uh, Wisconsin and working with the, in the pro camp there with a bunch of uh, goalie, goalie coaches is that in watching film on other goalies is the goalies that keep their upper bodies a lot more relaxed compared to the other ones are guys that, um, you know, can, you know, absorb pucks better. Right. You know, they're not tensed up where, you know, they're just, you know, squeezing right. hard and it's popping out of you. They're, right. they're more relaxed. And when it's coming into your body, you're, you're sort of, it's just like catching the pass. You know, you're cradling it into your body where, you know, you're not Regardless of the speed, right? Regardless of the speed. Yeah. If, you're, if you can relax your, your upper body or, you know, your body per se, like, and, you know, it's sort of like, you know, being a player and receiving a pass where, you, where you're cradling it, you're doing the same thing uh, with the shot. When you... When pucks are tipped and it's a free for all in the net, I mean, how much recourse do you have, or is that when you know you're saying hail marys or whatever? <laughs> because you're not, you, you know, well, with deflections it, in front. Yeah, deflect. I mean, is it is that is that pure positioning at, uh, at that it point? It comes down to just pure positioning and uh, trying to make yourself big and you know, hoping that you, you get a piece of it, and at the same time, you get a piece of it and you can put it in the area where. Um, you know, one of your defensemen can get can get a stick on it. Um, you know, it's becoming one of those fine arts throughout the league. Is you know, getting that high tip now, right. you know, up up in the, uh, uh, the the hash mark area, which is you know makes our lives you know a hell of a lot tougher because when that puck is redirected that far out, you know, now it's you know it gives them you know, more more net to deflect the puck into compared to the guy that's sitting right on top of us because we can we can just smother that guy just by dropping onto our knees and shifting our shoulders left side or right side. So when yeah. that deflection is coming from farther out, it makes our, our life a hell of a lot more difficult. Now, you, you, obviously you have to make the save or you every time someone's going to fire on you, yet as you just said, a lot of guys are starting to block shots now. Um, is is it a catch twenty two? Because they're, they're, usually if they're blocking a shot, they're in front of you, so you, it kind of cuts your vision, and you're not sure if it's going to hit them or not. And you know, so many times we see, well, you know, how he would have made the save if so and so wasn't in front of him. But you kind of want him in front of you too. I mean, yeah. did, is that where communication, where you have to really be kind of vocal and not nasty, but assertive out there on the ice and saying? You know, Big E, you're here. You know, Nick, don't fall on me again. No, no, Nick, you know, just, mm -hmm. you know, call me, play a little further out. Or, or, I mean, how much do you communicate with them? Because, as you said, it's such a fast game out there. Uh, not really, you know, telling them where to be positioned out on the ice right. or in the defensive zone. I'm more, more of a guideline out there and telling them, uh, uh, you know, who's open. If there's someone sneaking in down the backside and maybe, you know, they're trying to figure out what's going on in the corner, you know, I, you know, give a head glance and, and tell them, you know, maybe, the, you know, the, the weak side, uh, you know, forward or defenseman's coming down right. backside or, uh, or if, you know, somebody pops out in the slot or, you know, for me, the most part is, uh, you know, be in the eyes for them when, uh, when somebody dumps it in, they're coming in on the forecheck and the 
corners and, you know, helping them, you know, determine what their best option is with the puck to, you know, get us out of the zone. Right. right. When now faceoffs are crucial. They're very important, especially if, if they're on the power play and it's in your end. How much communication do you have? Because we always see the, the skaters are always talking. Do you have an idea of what the centerman's going to try to do? What mm -hmm. you know? And I have an idea. Of what uh, are you talking about? Our, our centerman? Or yeah, yeah, our centerman. Yeah, you, I, I know you probably you both. probably know both, both. right? Because yeah. you, you these guys are shooting pucks at you. I, so. I know what formation we're going to run just by the way we line up. Okay. And I can tell you know what what they want to accomplish, you know, off the faceoff just by the way they line up as well. So it's uh, it's one of those things where, you know, we work on it well enough during practices and everything like that, that it comes, you know, pretty, you know, natural when you see the guys come out for uh, the penalty kill yeah. faceoff. But, uh, you know, when knowing what they're going to do, it just comes down to looking up their, their faceoff plays, uh, you know, before the game. There's a lot more that goes into it than you just showing up at the rink with <coughs> your pads on and playing a game. I mean, I think, you know, you know, obviously I see it, but what fans probably t have a tendency to forget is, is that, you know, practice, preparation, uh, you know, 90% of it's the, how you prepare for a game. And you, so you're, so by the time whomever you play, uh, like tomorrow night, I, I don't think you're playing, but like Tuesday or Friday night against uh, the Leafs, even though it's going to be a scattered kind of lineup, you have a good tendency of what that team does. Well, yeah, that and I played for the coach for seven years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> should, should know a little bit of what he wants to run out there. So. He, he doesn't run to try to throw a wrinkle in there to cross <laughs> no, you up, huh? No, not too often. He likes his game plans. But, <laughs> uh, I mean... I don't know if we're going to have video on Toronto or not, so, you know, going into uh, Friday night, we'll see if they run any, anything differently compared to what they ran last year, but uh, knowing, knowing Babs and his coaching style, not too much will probably change. Yeah, when you, you know, you, you, you play with Mike Babcock, I think not even arguably considered the best coach in the league at this yeah. point. You have Jeff Blaschel now, um, which is interesting. Blaschel's a goalie. Ken Holland is a goalie. Uh, do they ever try to offer you any tips, or is it just pretty much just your, your goaltending coach? No, they never really offer any tips. I think they stay out of that department. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, you probably wouldn't take them any. You'd be kind, though. You'd <laughs> yeah, listen to them. I'd but, be kind, to, kind enough. To well, yeah, we to can them. play. I know. They, I, were their pads allowed to touch the ice on? Yeah, well, their pads, <laughs> <laughs> their pads were horse feathers, I, I think. Know, they were, still, got real heavy. He still has them. I can't believe it. I was looking at them there in Traverse City. I was like... God bless you, Ken. That you're even in the nut with these things on. Well, you play for Babs. You know, like Scotty Bowman was notorious. All the goaltending coaches or goalies said he never really talked to us. Mm -hmm. You know, he just let the goalies alone. Mm -hmm. Blash maybe a little different because he was a goaltender. If he if he let you alone, what was it like with Mike Babcock in, in goaltenders? I mean, did yeah, you he have? Was, he left. You know, for the most part, he just left us alone and let uh, you know Jimmy B do his thing with us. But uh, uh, I mean. Never really had a coach that really stepped in, you know, on the goaltending's coach's toes, you know, all that often. Do you like the mischaracterization, or is it a characterization that you guys are a little off center? You know, that you're a little different. Oh, I think I'm pretty normal. You tell me. You've seen, you've seen some nutballs come through here. Well, I'm sure we can sit here and talk about a couple of. I probably, I probably told you my favorite story, um, and, and I know I've said this on the podcast, but I just love it about. Back in the day when they traveled by train, 
that you know whether they were going to or from a venue that players could have a, a libation or two yeah. and that the skaters could have beer goalies could have whatever they wanted including liquor <laughs> <laughs> because of the, because as of the nature of the position the puck, right? yeah right right yeah. You know, let him do whatever he mm -hmm. wants so so it is a bit of a mischaracterization is that because the game has just evolved so much where uh, you know i mean you 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 have to be on top of everything you know you you can be eccentric and still you know you you, you know what you have to do on the ice yeah i mean i guess i'm off a little bit but <laughs> It's just standing out there just makes me off set in front of these guys. So uh, uh, no, I think it's just the way this game is just, you know, so evolving. And, uh, you know, the coaches, you know, they got so much so much to deal with that I think it's just necessary that we have our own department. Mm -hmm. You know, and you just work with your goalie coach. You know, the same way as, you know, like – quarterback works with his quarterback coach and the right. offensive coordinator you know there's right. you know there's not really too much more in, involved and i think that's that's a good way because you know you don't want you know too many boosters in the house right um this season you know red wings are in uh kind of rebuilding on the fly um you were an exception last year some of the guys for whatever reason it was almost a collective underachieving group uh, they obviously aren't happy about it, your teammates. They want to do better. Uh, you're healthy all year. Peter seems to be different now, you know, a little more. For lack of a better term, not even lack of a better he seems more mature. You know, he's kind of grown up a little bit, which is good. Uh, this is, you know, even though if you look at all the prognosticators, and I know you guys don't care about it, they're not predicting a, a lot of good stuff no. for the Red Wings this year, and I know that you guys are aware of that, and you, you, you bring it up. Um, how do you see the year unfolding? I know you're excited to get started. You're in a brand-new building. It's going to be full every night. Uh, you know, it's going to be loud. I mean, it, it sounds loud now when the building's half full yeah. during these preseason games. I can imagine when it's full, it's just going to be deafening <laughs> in there. I know. Uh, your expectations is that, you know, personally, I know you just want to stay healthy. I mean, yeah, I, my own personally, you know, expectations is stay healthy and every single night I'm out there, give the guys a chance to win. Right. And steal, you know, steal one on the occasion. But, you know, collectively, I've, you know, I don't have a crystal ball, so I don't know how, you know, the season's going to unfold for us. But I do know one thing that, you know, watching, uh, you know, just watching the guys in, around the room, the way they're, you know, conducting themselves and getting ready for the season, it seems like, um, you know, everyone's just itching ready to go, and I think that's what, you know, makes makes it, you know, feel even more excited about, the, you know, getting going here in October because, it, you know, I think everyone's got that sour taste in the mouth from last year, including myself. You know, you know, the fact that I can only stay healthy for the guys for 26 games, you know, even though I played well in the 26 games that I played for the most part, um, you know, it's still, I need to be out there more for them. So, uh, uh, you know, I think, you know, if we all, you know, come together, you know, as a group, as I think we have during this training camp, uh, once again, because we do have a great group of guys down there, you know, there really isn't one bad apple. So, uh, uh, you know, if we can just, you know, go out there and, you know, I'll work teams, I'll skate teams and, you know, not, and I guess since not trying to overdo anything or, or be too pretty. I think uh, you know we're definitely going to surprise a lot of people in the hockey world. The schedule is odd this year if you look at it because <coughs> you 
you're, you're at home and then you go on a, like a little road trip, but I think 13 of the first 18 games or something, you're on the road yeah. uh, and you're trying to get used to a new arena. So, you know, you're kind of, even though you're the home team, you're almost a visitor team until you really get comfortable here at Little Caesars. I'm pretty sure everyone's comfortable here now. Well, <laughs> I, I know you are with the room and everything, but, yeah. but the way the plays, and I, I know I asked you about the boards the other night, but how important is it? You know, we always hear the points in October are just as important as the points in they April, are. you know, or, or March. Uh, it's crucial to get off to a good start. It's, Being on the road so much, or does it matter? It doesn't matter because everyone over the course of the season is going to have to do that. But, I mean, it is true. You don't want to get yourself behind the eight ball going into uh, uh, U.S. Thanksgiving. Because if you do look at the standings um, from U.S. Thanksgiving's on, everyone just sort of moves in packs. So you want to get off to a good start. You want to be in, you know, a playoff position come, you know, that uh, November, you know, Thanksgiving period. And because... Uh, not too often you see a team go off like the Ottawa Senators right, did, right. Know, several years ago to get to get to get in the playoffs. So, uh, um, you know, it's it sort of seems like you know those teams that are there, they they just sort of go. Maybe you see one or two teams, um, you know, maybe interchange, but for the most part, um, you know, it's the teams that get off to a good start uh, seem to you know set themselves up for uh, you know that playoff push. You know, one thing you know talking to you over the years, the one thing you always say whether you win or lose. Um, you always say the guys. I want to do it for the guys, or I'm happy for the guys. Because of the nature of being an NHL goaltender, do you take it more personally because of the position that you play that the guys can be having a good game, but if you're not having a good game, then that puts the guys in peril. I mean, because your position is unique mm -hmm. in, in all of sport, yeah. really, except maybe for soccer goalie, I guess, but they hardly ever score goals in that, you know. And, and the game is being, is geared towards scoring goals now. Every, every time there's a new rule, yeah. it seems they're taking something away from you and giving it to the skaters. I mean, <coughs> because, I mean, it, it, it always resonates with me because you can tell, you, you know, you feel bad. I mean, you know, the guys, you know, the guys, the guys, well, the guys. Yeah, I mean, you want to play well for, for the guys. Like, right, right. It's like... Uh, and they know that. And, right. You know, we're, I think they know, like, we're human just like everyone. We're going to have those nights where it's just off. You know, it just right. wasn't our night. And so it's, uh, it's just still, for me, those nights, are, they're never fun, you know, because, you know, you want to be out there and that feeling of winning is just so much you know, more contagious than coming in here and getting pulled or something like that. Well, so, yeah, but yeah. I, as I've gotten older, I've gotten a lot better at just, you know, letting it roll off my back. Well, you've got you've got to have a short memory of yeah. being a goalie, right? Yeah. I mean, that's you dwell on something. It can, if you dwell on one thing in this league now about being a goalie, it can fester into a lot of things. Uh, I, you know, I I didn't want to bring this up, but I'm going to. Uh, you know, I, I want to thank you because for years you've been my goalie on my fantasy team, the Ray Guns. I know I bug you about it. And <laughs> a couple years ago, and I just want people to know what kind of leader Jimmy is. It's like transcendental or something I made him captain of the ray guns and he can give a really great speech to an imaginary room it's <laughs> perfect really but the, well why aren't goalies captains I mean you know don't you think you should deserve to wear the seat I mean, you're out on the ice I the whole know. game I don't know I have no idea I don't I don't need that on my uh, all right. well, we got the cool mass That's you do you enough. do have that you do have yeah. the cool mass all right one final question uh you know like your sister team, the Tigers, owned by, by the same organization. 
Yeah, we saw like Justin Verlander be traded away, uh, career Tiger, you know, it's like it would be like, you know, the equivalent of Stevie Eiserman being traded away. You want to win a Stanley Cup. I know you want to win it here in Detroit. I mean, I, 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 you know, it's, it's tangible. I can feel it. I, I, I can see it in your eyes. You want to, to be, win a cup in Detroit, at least one. As the years wind down, you have an opportunity to go someplace. Would you consider doing that? I'm not trying to kick you out. You know, yeah, I, know. I want you to stay here the whole time, you yeah. know, and you're always going to be a ray gun. But, um, you know, does, does, does that cross your mind? I mean, because you're playing well, to get a cup, right? Yeah, I mean, we all want to win Stanley Cups, uh, absolutely. I think that's the end, the end goal for everyone, you know, is to at least have one cup. But I haven't given it any thought. It's not something to, you know, in September lose sleep over. So uh, <laughs> I, I really haven't thought about it at all. Right now it's just about getting prepared to, you know, get, get started next week, October 5th, and then see where the season unfolds from there. You know, I know um, you're under the weather, and... We're in this air-conditioned room, and the fans <laughs> blowing right on you. So uh, I hope you play Friday. Um, oh, I will be obvious. <laughs> but you're, you know, you're you're ready to go. I mean, you're healthy. You know, uh, best you felt in a long time. Do you think, or mentally? I mean, everything seems yeah, to be coming together how, for you. This is how I felt last year. <laughs> well, but you had a great year though. And the year before that, so um, you know, you just, uh, you know. You know, for some reason last year, it just, uh, you know, for one split second, then, you know, you're, you're injured. So right. So it's, uh, this game happens, you know, so fast that uh, you never you never know what's going to happen out there. Right. And picking up where you left off, though, it really made you feel good. And yeah. uh, I think yeah. just set the tone for this season. Absolutely. Well, Jimmy, uh, I can go on, as you know, and you, I know you want to you wanna leave, but I, I have nothing to do, so, so I can sit here and keep talking, but I truly appreciate this. You know, I told you, I, I really wanted you to be the first first current player on, on our podcast, uh, the Red and White Authority. I truly appreciate it. I've always enjoyed your company. I've always enjoyed talking to you, and I wish you nothing but success and the best. Thank you for doing this. All right. This. Thanks, Harry. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you.